Hey, Joe. Hey, Gen. Hey, what up? Not much, but what's, how, what's wait, up? How do you feel yeah. about Green Day? I mean, I, I used to love Green Day when I was in high school. Dude, same. But what's going on with them? Not good anymore. What? <laughs> what? All right, well, all right, so, like, where, I'm, where I come from with Green Day is probably where you come from with Green Day. Same exact place. High school, loved them, American Idiot. 21st century breakdown and obviously they have classics dating back before that but when i was growing up that was the albums that i listened to from them uh but obviously i have a great appreciation for dookie and insomniac and uh warning and, and, and a bunch of their older albums too uh big fan of punk rock but you know that's genre that could be cringy sometimes particularly oh, yeah. when uh the people making the music get to be 40 or fifty, <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan of Uno Dos Trey. That was uh, mostly a mixed bag of garbage. Uh, I kind of liked Dose because they experimented a bit with their sound on that one, but the other ones just sounded like Green Day trying to be Green Day, and it wasn't good. And then Revolution Radio was even worse. That album is complete. Trash. Garbage. So they announced their, their new album today, September 11th. Uh, what a time to announce something. Their their new song is called Father of All. Uh, the album is going to be called Father of All. I think it's Father of All Motherfuckers. Uh, but it will be censored everywhere, one assumes. Uh, the album art... I, at least to, to my knowledge, this is the album art. Is the American Idiot hand... But like... But like, defaced. Father of All Motherfuckers is written on the hand uh, by a unicorn wearing a t-shirt. So that's going that's going on. Now, I, I'm talking about this... Like, we listened to this song today. And it's... And it's, it's it's very peculiar. Jusby, what did you think of the new Green Day single? That was Green Day? That's what I thought of the new like, Green Day single it didn't even as like, well. All right, so I'm a person who really appreciates when artists go and diverge out and try new things, right? I certainly do as well. But there is literally zero part of their identity carries over into this song. And so it just sounds like, I don't know, like something some kids in high school made. It, it sounds like Green Day. radio popular rock from the early to late 2000s. It's like, a, it's like a worse Black Keys song. Yeah, sure. Sure. Or like, uh, like, uh... Like Arctic Monkeys. Jet? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that'd be better. A worse Jet song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is already pretty bad. What an achievement. Bam, 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 bam. What if, if you made a Jet song but worse, what an achievement you just made. Yeah. You just you just knocked it out of the park, I, guys. I, I, I mean, like, okay, there's a chance that this album could be very diverse genre-wise. It could be all over the place, but... So, um... So I went to the description of uh, the YouTube upload here to try and gain some knowledge, Justin. Some knowledge of uh, of what's going on here. You know, maybe there's uh, some uh, explanation of what Green Day is going for on their new album coming out in uh, February here. And, and 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 I just got way more confused because Billy Joe Armstrong, uh, who who I don't know if he runs the YouTube, but he wrote this uh, thing. Uh, uh, seems like an insane person 
judging from this manifesto he wrote <laughs> about the album. And I'm going to read it for you because some of my favorite bits on our show is just me reading other things. Yes. And absolutely. then hearing Justin go, what? Yeah. And that has, that's um, it. That's the content. So just keep in mind as I'm reading this that I can't really do justice to all of the grammatical and punctuation errors that are present in this description. What the fuck? Okay. Like, it starts with a non-capitalized letter, and then just goes from there into brilliant places. Great. Right. This record is the new... Oh, that's it? No. No, no, there's way more. Soul, Motown, Glam, and Manic Anthemic. Punks, Freaks... And Punishers, The Dirty Messy, The Stink. <laughs> the lyrics are like a party and lifestyle of not giving a fuck. The life and death of the party, not political. Surviving in chaos, the real shit. Me, Mike, and Trey of The Green Day <laughs> cut the through the bullshit. <coughs> That's how it's always been for us. Everything else is fake. Frauds, I tell ya. Rock has lost its balls. We're gonna teabag all these motherfuckers. The baddest rock band on the planet that gives a shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Quote-unquote glorious, or quote-unquote glorious anarchy, seems to be the word that keeps coming up that reflects... And he lists these things, like all in separate indentations. Dancing, tribalism, anxiety, joy, violence, mm. drugs, mm. booze, mm. dangerous songs for oh, dangerous kids. Fucking. Our motto, nothing says fuck you like a unicorn. Love and kisses, Billy. Now, do you, do you want to... Uh, decipher this ancient message that Billy Joe Armstrong has left for us. Is this album sarcastic? I don't know! Is it? Is this whole thing just sarcasm? That would be god tier if so. But I, I don't know where to land on those kind of conspiracies, because like, there are people that think uh, Metallica and Lou Reed's Lulu is sarcastic. But is it? Either way, it's not fun to listen to. I am the table. <laughs> I am the table. I am the root. And Lou Reed saying, uh, things. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things he says. About colored men's dicks and whatnot. Uh, I am quoting. I'm not just making that up. Uh, listen. <laughs> that? Yeah. That? Mm-hmm. Sounds sarcastic. How can you tell, though? Because we know that... Because this is a is quite literate. He, he has done weird things before on stage. Like there's the infamous walkout at the concert where they cut his set list, and he was like, "I'm not Justin Bieber, you motherfuckers!" And then like wrecked his guitar and left, which is probably the only punk thing he's done in like a, a, this decade. But like, just to go through a lot of problems during that. And year. and uh, you know, uh, I I assume he's not on drugs anymore. But when he was, he would say crazy shit on stage, like the Tonka truck uh, speech that's that plays when you beat Green Day Rock Band. <laughs> um, but like, I don't really know. 
You worry? You if, worry? You worry? Yeah, that, that is a crazy... Watch that video. I think it's like in front of a performance of She. Yes, it is. That, that That's very... You could, The same man wrote these two things, is what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, like, Do you think he's doing drugs again? I don't think so, but I think it doesn't matter if he does drugs again. It's just again. so funny, because it's like... <laughs> Like, this is the baddest shit. This is the baddest punk rock shit. Fuck you. Here and is then, our dicks and you're gonna listen to it. And then it's like a jet song. And like <laughs> Dude, it's got I I don't it's gotta be something else. There's gotta be something going on here. I don't know. I don't know. I mean like <sighs> Like it, it's one thing to just make a shitty song and like make a shitty album. It's another to like put that out there. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, man. I'm here it for it. Different. I'm here for it if it's an ironic bad rock <laughs> album. But the fact of the matter is, is, they just made an unironic bad rock album, like, literally just two years ago. Yeah. So, what is the statement they're making? We're Green Day, and we, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't, we're, we're just gonna make a fucking troll album. But, like, you've made so many troll albums, but the joke was on you. I, I don't understand what <laughs> what they're saying. So, like, maybe it'll be bad on purpose, but at the end of the day, what is the fucking point of that right. when you're Green Day? This isn't Lou Reed making metal machine music. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> I... But if it is, I will listen to it for sure. Otherwise, as it stands now, I'm I'm not here for mediocre white stripes or whatever the fuck we're gonna say this is. I think Jet Song really like it's makes like a, sense for it this. It is worse than a Jet Song. <laughs> That's already Just pretty low. Pick a Jet Song. Uh, they only have the one song, Chusby. It's worse than it. Uh, well, it is. To pick another Jets song. I can't. It's worse than it. Where is the other Jets song? <laughs> that. I feel like it's harder to find another Jets song than it was for Indiana Jones to find the ancient city of the Crystal Skull. But he did it, though. Did you find another Jets song yet? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> it's lost to time. Returned to its home dimension. <laughs> I'd like to return Jet to the dimension, I'll tell you what. Okay, go to the normal part of the show. Okay. okay. Uh. <laughs> send them back. Send them back. We don't take kindly to jets around here. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Gen and Jub Show. That's Gen. Hey, what up? I'm Jub. That's him. It's showtime, baby. We're gonna show. Oh, we're gonna watch The Mask during the time. Or wait, is that which a quote? Is no, now. that's not even a quote from The Mask. What am I talking about? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. 
I'm talking. I'm thinking of Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. It's showtime. That's yeah. not the mask, but no. whatever. It's a kooky character. It is kooky. So it went in my Genhart brain, which doesn't have very many brain cells. It's and it not just a lot came out body. of my Genhart mouth. Looks more hair than anything else. <laughs> wow, more thanks. Hair. It's true. A big curls. Got to get that hair cut. Do so do I. Spooky haircut. season. Time to get your hair dead. I used to get hair because I hate having longer hair now. <laughs> I used to. I used to want longer hair. I used to have a mohawk. Wow. Think about that. That's crazy. I can't really picture it. I dyed it. it red, white, and blue for fucking 4th of July. Wait. I think I've seen a picture of this. Yes. Sexton? Uh-huh. Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. Let's not talk about it any further. No, no. no that's, that's, all I, that's, that's all we need to do. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today I mean, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skullis. And the kingdom of the Crystal Skull Jusby. You can't forget the key part of the title. Kingdom. It wasn't a kingdom. Oh, there was people living there. Uh, the bad guys from the, the last couple levels of Uncharted 2. Uh, the blue guys that are harder to kill. Yeah. Yeah, you remember. Except the Russians just shot them. They had the the infinite ammo from beating the game on extreme. Oh! <laughs> That's the secret. Oh, okay. Hmm. Maybe the game, that, that movie really made me want to play Uncharted 2 again because it's like the good version of it. Yeah, Uncharted 2 is better than most of Oddly similar films. last part of the movie. Um, except for the alien shit. That wasn't right. really. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, we're ending our Indiana Jones escapades here. Uh, with, with a couple addendums, but we'll get to it later. Yeah, we'll get to it when we get We'll cross so, uh, that bridge when we get to it. What's going on in the world, Jusby? What have you been doing? What have I been doing? What has anyone been doing, really? Oh, I've been just, uh, you know leaving myself to my own thoughts and suffering at the implications of my previous actions. All right, but have you played any video games? Yes, sir, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I started the Celeste DLC. Oh, I've, I've heard of good thoughts. things about it. Is it what the fuck? Well, it's, it's all about, Celeste's thinking about mental shit. Oh, I thought you meant health. that hoe over there's... No. I didn't think so. No. I was wondering why you said it. What the fuck? Is it fucked up that when you said thoughts, I thought of that thought no. and not actual brain thoughts because of the internet has ruined my life? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's yeah, weird. Ruined everybody's life. But it's okay. But we'll it get good? Through it. It's great. Okay. It's a super fucking long level. Okay. It's kind of the concept of it. It has like multiple parts to it. And each part of it, the music changes and stuff like that. The music is very good. Uh, what you'd expect for this point from what Lenarine. Celeste? Good music? No, I don't think so. Lenarine is There's such no a, way. She is so talented. Yeah, no, that's like that's like if it wasn't for like Undertale, that'd be the best video game soundtrack ever made. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably the only second. thing. Yeah, that very, I can think of second. keeping it from that type. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> All recent too. You I like, like Hadden Time a lot too, but it, it's very it's, good. Uh, it's a little more scattershot than like, Celeste is so good all the time. Like it's really yeah. excellent. Oh, the new music here is great too. Okay. And cool. the way it changes as you go throughout the level is really cool. But like the th the big thing that Lenarine does with her music is it has like at least for soundtracks they have like a motif that it constantly goes back to. Okay. It's that one like Celeste is this that one motif you'll kind of hear all the time. Said da 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 that right. Oh, I know it. Yeah. And then you get hints of that throughout the entire soundtrack, right? Yeah. And she does that with this, except in the, that that little motif is in there sometimes too. But mostly, there's a new one that she makes, and then that kind of scatters throughout. 
the entirety of the level. Okay. Bringing okay. The, the music kind of into one cohesive bit. Which is really cool. Um, the gameplay is very interesting. There's a lot of there's some new mechanics they introduced. Just for this chapter, where there's like these this like little mushroom cloud things you can grab, and then you can float through the air with them. But then there's like mechanics where you can throw them, dash to them, and then you'll get a pop up in the air. I'm sure this makes the game harder for no reason at times. No, not for no reason, but Celeste is very hard. Is what I'm Celeste saying. is a game that's more that's half puzzle solving and half execution. Yeah. Where half half of your battle for each area is figuring out what to do. And mm-hmm. then the other half is actually accomplishing that feat. Right. And then you accomplish that feat simply through repetition. The game is designed for you to die over and over and over again. So you just you figured you so you die a bunch figuring out the puzzle, right? Once you realize, oh, this is what I have to do, you die a million times executing it, but then you finally execute it and it gives you that amazing feeling of accomplishing something, and then you do it again. And that's the entirety of the fucking game. <laughs> that doesn't change here. Nice. Um, but it is, it's like a flash forward, uh, I think like, a, I, I think a year, I think, in the future, from the end of the game. It's, uh, Madeline returns to the mountain, and a couple things have happened, and then it kind of springs into this crazy shit. Okay. Where you go above the mountain... Whoa, yeah, okay. Like, it's, All right. You're like way up high. Okay. Yeah, it's like you keep going higher. It's like really interesting. Gonna build a ladder to heaven. Basically. Let's go. Basically. Oh, okay. I don't think it's actually like, I don't think you actually go to heaven. It feels like it because you just keep climbing. Just, you just keep going upwards. It's crazy. All right. It's really cool. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on the second major part of it. I think they're of three. Okay. And uh, once I get done with that, I will report back on probably how amazing it is because I'm already in love with it. Cool. Probably gonna buy the uh, Letterade made an entirely separate soundtrack just for this chapter that I'm probably going to purchase. Nice. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I still got to check out Celeste as a whole. You do. It's very uh, good. I'm. I'm very bad at those kind of games, though. There's an assist mode. Turn it on. All right. No shame in it. Turn it on so you get through the game. It's All so right. good. Very well might do that. You should. I played another game. What's that? Is uh, I mean, I talked about it a little bit, but I've been playing Monster Hunter World Iceborne. And I've gotten much further past just, like, the first little part, which is when I talked about it last week. Did you get to the part where you hunt a monster yet? Yeah, about a hundred-something times. <laughs> okay. About, probably hundred, almost a hundred monsters since... Jesus. Since, since it came out? out? Yeah. Just, some, it takes, like, 20 minutes to kill something in that not game. Not necessarily... Um, All right. That also in that number, I'm also calculating stuff I had to go back and kill. Okay. Like the weaker stuff that takes me uh like the the one monster I had to kill a couple times and it took me like a, no joke less than a minute. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so it took me more time to find the monster than I did to kill it. <laughs> Once I found it, I just instantly fucked it. And that's just kind of how it goes with the with the lower stuff as you keep progressing and building better gear. Which this game, this expansion opened up an entire whole, like, level of progression. So yeah. it puts you above the stuff that was kind of hard for you previously. G-Rank or whatever it's, it's called. It's called Master Rank yeah, in this right. game. It was called G-Rank previously. Yeah, I remember that because yeah, it's a weird, it. weird way to say hard mode. It's called MR. <laughs> That's what they abbreviated to, right? Now, fun thing about that is when you pick certain quests, 
they'll have like like there's like things called arena quests. Like if you capture a monster, they throw it in an arena and mm-hmm. you go in there and you kill it. Yeah. And uh, so you'll you'll see up at the top of the screen when you pick that quest, it'll be like special special arena quest, M R, and then the monster's name. So it'll be like it looks like Mister. So it's like special arena quest, Mister Odo Garen. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is great, Mister. I can't wait to walk in. He has like a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> That's Mister Rathalos to you. Brr. Has a top hat and he's just like. <laughs> Would you like me it's to toast monocle. those marshmallows for your child? <laughs> God, read a book sometime, you twats. Do not bother me, or I will set you ablaze. <laughs> that would be up. Interesting. Old, yeah, that's a weird, uh, <laughs> weird way to go about that. But I don't know that's funny. Probably not at all what they intended. I also have a habit of talking to some of the monsters like children. Oh, I talk to them. Why? We were playing this you, video you, game. Did you hear me do it last night? I think so. I'm like, oh, right, you're in the wall, little baby boy. Oh, that's a big boo boo. <laughs> I'll do that. It's funny. I get enjoyment out of it. I'm a weirdo. You're a piece of shit. I know. <laughs> You're murdering a creature that has lived in the jungle for years. Yeah, and I'm just fucking yeah. killing it, dude. I'm yeah, hunting. what the fuck? That's awful. It's trophy hunting. You are no better than the guy from Jimmy John's. There's like Jimmy a, John's himself. There's technically like an unlimited number of them. Uh, well, like quite literally unlimited. Well, that's cool. At least that would mean hunting is fine, I guess. Right. If they just you just hit open up a book, and unless like, you're like all life is precious tier. If she, had to, if she just, like, talked to her girl, and then she opened up a book, and she was like, that one! And then you go and fight it, and then you come back, and you open up, and you go, that one! And you, you do it over and over again for the rest of time, and it just doesn't run out. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that. <laughs> Not really. I don't want to hunt anything in real life. I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, dude, deer are scary. Dude, they are. I'm not even joking. I went with deer instead of bears because bears are next level, but deers are scary by themselves because the motherfuckers creep out and just stare at you sometimes. And then run right in front of your fucking car. Oh, yeah, they're trying to get hit. They're trying to get that insurance money. They'll live in the east, fellas. (laughs) They fucking jump and hit the B button like in Saints Row and get that insurance money. (laughs) It's fucking flopping on the cars. You live in the Northeast, dude, and, like, every fucking, like, six months, there's one of your friends. One person you know is like, yeah, I hit a deer. Yeah, it happens way too often. Way too often. It's too much. We're surrounded by too much woods. Yeah. Too many woods? Too many woods. There is no amount of woods that is enough woods. It's all too many woods to me. Oh, okay. I am not interested in woods. Oh, did you set the Amazon on fire? I would. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) The Amazon's a little different. Uh, The Ohio woods are not something I'm concerned with preserving. They are still important. I'm sure they're important, but... Don't set a blaze. A lot of ours are filled with trash and deer. (laughs) That's about it. It's that same thing. Uh... No, I'm kidding. Environments are, uh, you know, important, kids. Yeah. Only you can prevent or start forest fires. Both true. (laughs) Again, have you played anything new? I want to talk about a game that I haven't actually physically played, but have been watching uh, some people play. Blasphemous? No. The Outer Wilds, and I'm going to talk around it. Oh, you know what? I love to talk about The Outer Wilds, too. Yeah, I don't know. Should we even say what it's about? Because I think saying what's it about, what it's about, the actual kind of ruins the actual start talk, of the game. I want to talk about the actual plot. 
Yeah. The Outer Wilds is a game about space exploration where you go out and you solve mysteries in space. Um, there isn't really a big semblance of combat. It's very exploratory. Yeah. You go around in your little spaceship and you visit different planets and you find clues to stuff around all these planets. You kind of have to connect the dots. I would say... I would want to go beyond that. It's like if No Man's Sky had a much smaller scope but a much more focused... Narrative? Narrative yeah. and, and sense of what you are doing. It becomes very apparent very early in the Outer Wilds what you are trying to do, or at least trying to find out. And I appreciate that so much. I would say go in as blind as possible, though. Yes. Because it preserves a couple secrets that are absolutely mind-shattering when you get to them. And it changes the entire way you'll see that game. And that shit just keeps continuing as you go through it, yes. too. Like, uh, the stuff that you don't know, oh. that me and your brother know, that is some crazy, stupid shit. And I can't wait to see what that results in. Uh, I don't know how long the game is, because uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that that game could probably be speed-ran very quickly. Because, really, it seems like what the mystery is you're trying to find out if you just know the answer, you could probably just go beat the game. Oh, it's one of those. I think. But I'm not certain of that. I, I think the majority of the time that you're spending in this game is just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and like exploring. And, and looking up and spoiling aspects of that would just lead parts of the game to just be erased for you. Right. So I would say go in as blind as you possibly can. And that's probably all I have to say about that game. But it's excellent. If you have an Xbox, it's on Games Pass. Which is continuing to be probably the best deal in video games right now. Yeah. Uh, like, I have a year of PS Plus, and I love getting them free games, but... Man, at a certain point, I, I mean, if Xbox had better exclusives, they would be dominating this fucking console war right now. Because this is just a way better service. You yeah. get so much more shit. Yeah, it's all ready access to just go in and download. It's not like something like PlayStation Plus. It's designed to be something entirely separate. You only get two games, and there's a chance that you don't give a fuck about those two games. Right. They're separate. It's clear. Xbox Game Pass is closer to something like PS Now. Yeah, which, which PS Now has its problems, too. Yeah, it's not... Well, it's not a very robust selection of games compared to the Xbox. There aren't new PS4 there shit on there. Yeah, there's an also yeah, it's like PS3 games. games, right? Which like PS3 games. I don't know if you know this, but if you have a PS3, those are pretty inexpensive. I could buy Metal Gear Solid Four for like five bucks. Mm -hmm. So like, oh no, yeah, it has it for free. Like, okay, great. It's about. It's probably more inexpensive to just buy the games I want on PS3. But anyway, other than that, I've been kind of doing the same old, same old. I'm probably going to. I'm considering taking a break from Crash Team Racing. You should at a certain point. You're on a shit to unlock. It depends on what they do in October, because they've only announced three monthly events from the outset. The first one, which in introduced the Bandicoot waifus, yeah. and the second one, which uh, you know, baby, baby characters and a dinosaur, and the third one, which is the Spyro crossover. And I like the Spyro shit so far. I'm unlocking a lot of it, but... Not as much as I did uh, with the dinosaur one. I just had more time to waste back then, I guess. Uh, but 
they haven't announced anything for October yet. No one knows if there's going to be a next thing. And I'm kind of hoping there's not so that I don't dedicate time to it because I want to start playing the Castlevania series a little bit. Yes. I think that would be a dang fun time. Drop 20 bucks. Both collections that they, they previously put out Konami, yeah. are on sale for $10 each right now. I'm considering and it. dropping $20 and getting both of those, you, that is an amazing set of games. But I'm also considering something else, which is Tekken, which I think right now is on sale for uh, the whole, like, like 15 bucks base game. Uh, season 1, Season 2, 15 bucks each, but then you can get the whole thing, which I think includes Season 3 as well, for like 40 Damn. And I think I might jump on that because, like, it's been a bit since I've, like, gotten to a fighting game, and I want to keep playing Smash Brothers, but that's, like, very different. And I think Tekken is something that I could actually have a lot of fun with. Tekken's really cool. Uh, and but Tekken is also very hard. So get ready for that. I mean, I guess to master. But, like, I'm not really looking to You're do anything. Looking to fuck, fuck around, around with, it. with it. Right. Yeah. This is a, it's only consideration. I can't really afford to do both of these things. <laughs> so we'll see what I'll do. Yeah, I could always just, always just play the games on my system if you wanted to. Yeah. And I also want to... Uh, trophies. It's, it's it's about to be Spooktober. Got to finish them Doom games. Want them Doom games. I want those Doom plats. Yeah, me too, dude. I'm all, I'm I'm right there to getting the ones for Doom one and two. Mm-hmm. I've started Doom three yet. I I did, and I I mean I'm just I could jump back into it anytime. Doom three is a great game. I oh, love yeah. that game. Excellent. Uh, Doom three might be the hardest plat though, because when you're on hard in Doom three and you have to beat it on hard. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Your health drains. Yeah, it's so hard. But you start with the fucking thing that lets you kill demons in one hit that charges up over time. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. But I don't know how much it'll help you. <laughs> Not much. Given the fact that, that game it's mostly isn't dying. just showing, isn't just shoving one demon encounters at you. It's shoving a bunch of shit at you all the time, constantly. Yeah, because it ups the en- enemies, their that health, game and the amount of them. Is spooky and scary. Big spook, big scare. Big spook, big scare. Mm-hmm. Very much. And then, uh, obviously, with Halloween coming up, I'm going to be watching a lot of scary movies. I got a uh, subscription to Shudder. I'm going to watch that new Creep Show series Ooh. that's coming out. I'm very curious as to if that is even good. Uh, but I love the Creep Show movie. So, Keep ho- us hopefully, updated. it is uh, close to that quality. I think that's starting this month. Yeah, keep us updated on that shit. It might be pretty cool. I don't know. We'll have more to talk about Halloween nonsense later. Let's get into the movie, I guess, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. I'm going to do a quick perusal. Okay. I, I'm not uh, sure if there is any... Oh, did you watch that Final Fantasy VII trailer? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. It looks cool. It looks great. The new trailer is fucking amazing. It... I'm very impressed with what they've shown from that game, considering that we didn't even know it existed for a long time. Like, like we could assume that it was dead for a long time, is what I'm trying to say. But everything we've seen from it since they uh, showed it at E3 has been pretty great. Trump administration is trying to ban vaping, and I'm totally a vape god. Yeah, I know. You can hear it on the podcast all the time. Yep, it's that. Yeah. It sounds like the podcast is on fire. <laughs> when you listen to it. So are my lungs, apparently. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I try to look away a little bit, but I guess it picks it up. Mics are sensitive, man. <laughs> I don't want you to do with me being a vape god. Anyway, no, that's it. There's nothing going on, man. Let's talk about the fucking movie. Let's get into it. All right, man. Guys, 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out right now. You might not like me for it. Or um, me, I think I know what you're about to say. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull is the third best Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I share this opinion. It's better than Temple of Doom. I'll eat the booze. I don't care. Boo me all you want. I'm, Why are you booing me? I'm right. Let me get ready for this. I, I can, dude. I can feel the backlash coming. You crack open some alcohol when I need it. You know what I mean? This is a hard seltzer. You're a fucking pussy, dude. That's not bad. <laughs> My first time trying that. It's not bad. It's White Claw Summer. Woo! No, this is Bon and Vive. Yeah, okay. You just said something worse. <laughs> I don't even know what you bon just said. and Vive. Oh, I love his albums. Uh, oh, Bon Iver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's great. I didn't know he made water, too. That's cool. Spiked water. Man... Lemon lime flavored. No one needs to listen to that. <sighs> Speaking of no one needs to listen to that, let's talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, nobody needs to watch that. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's favorite film. Yeah. Speaking of alcohol. Oh yeah, because the crystal. Crystal Skull vodka, boy. Yeah. The purest vodka. No, noted for its purity. <laughs> what does that mean? I, 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 he fucking found the vodka in a ancient. From the Mayans? Yeah, sure. Mayan vodka. An ancient tomb of vodka. Anyway. Alien vodka. Alright, look. Let's let's get into some of the making of. Yeah. Uh, because, as you may note, Last Crusade came out in 1989. But Crystal Skull came out in 2008. Which is a 19-year difference between sequels. The largest gap between sequels uh, so far for the Indiana Jones franchise. If they are, keep on track to release the fifth one in 2021. That will be a big gap, but but not nearly 19 years. No. Uh, so. But that doesn't mean that Indiana jo- Jones as, as a property was dormant all that time. You got uh, the video game. Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which you love and I'm going to play soon. Uh, we were going to talk about it for this chunk of Indiana Jones things, but I want time to like actually experience and enjoy that game and not rush my way through it. Because it's probably going to be difficult to beat in like one sitting. I imagine that game is fairly long. And also, I, I, I have heard that there's like three ways to play it. So I would like to at least experiment with alternate playthroughs and shit before I yes. report back on that, too. Uh, we'll just get into that as we talk about, you know, video games we're playing in future episodes. But uh, while, while we're talking about it, what do you want to say about that game? Because I know that you like it a lot, and you got good memories of it and shit. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of my favorite games growing up. Because mm-hmm. uh, as I talked about it before in this podcast, big fan of Indiana Jones growing up as a kid, right? And I watched, watched, loved all three movies, and then that game was out, and I got my own DOS computer. That's right. DOS, baby. Little boy. I got my own DOS computer, given to me by by my brother. Very nice of him. And I got a bunch of uh, LucasArts Adventure games on it to play, and that's where I got a lot of my adventure game background, and I got to play Monkey Island, I got to play Sam Max Hit the Road, I got I got to play Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Heck yeah. Which is... Very tonally accurate for Indiana Jones. It does a great job. It just like 
kind of like chip tunier versions of the music, but the music is there. It is noticeable. It sounds like Indiana Jones. Just from what I've read, down. from what I've read about it, it had to be updated to have sound. The original version of the game was Did silent. Not, right. That's the version and I originally played. They added voice and music to it. Right. So yeah. actually, I didn't know that about the voice at all. I don't know what it was, but I didn't know any. Of the, I didn't know voices were in the game. I knew the music was there. I remember when I played it originally. Okay. But there were no voices, and then I got a rip of it from Gog. Okay. I bought the PC copy, and then Indy was talking. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> this What's isn't this? Harrison Ford at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Not even close. It's fine. You have to You have to just use your suspension of disbelief for that. Mm. It's not going to be Harrison Ford. I'm not going to pay him to voice a video game. It's fine. It's funny that you mention that, because he has said no to basically everything except one. Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens has new dialogue from Harrison Ford in it. And it's actually Harrison Ford. He says stupid shit like Wookiee cookies and all kinds of stupid shit. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know what gun they had to aim at his family to get him to do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe he lightened up on it over time because video games became more popular and prevalent in popular culture. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, uh, Indian Jones of the Fate of Atlantis is uh, closer to something kind of like Raiders. Okay. Uh, where, you know, you have... It's not, it's not so offbeat like fucking Temple of Doom is. It, 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 it starts off pretty standard. You have Indy fucking around. And he's at the university and he's at his office. And he gets something and he's got to go. But what's really cool about it is it has great puzzles in it. The story is incredibly authentically indie. The dialogue fits perfectly for what it is, and it's really well done. It's well told. It's a good story about the lost city of Atlantis. Um, the characters in it all have great personality. You're beating up Nazis. has a really fun like combat thing where it's just about clicking. When you click certain spots on the enemies to punch them, Okay. Then you build cool. up like this meter. You can do like this big KO punch thing, or you can just hit, hit the home button and you one-hit KO them. Interesting. It's a cheat. <laughs> oh, well, okay. But then, if there's one enemy in the game, it's like a boss guy. If you try to do that on him, it just doesn't work. They troll you. <laughs> there's so many cool little things about that game. The environments are really cool. It's just, uh... It's really, really great. Okay. It's got a cool... St- I, I think you'll love it a lot. I, I have a great appreciation of uh, games from that era, even though a lot of them are uh, very... Hard to figure out what to do. This game is not any different in that sense. Yeah, I bet. It is an old scum game. They mm-hmm. all are like that. Yeah, they're fucking scum, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try and figure out what to do in Sam and Max on your first go through. That's dare you. Me and Josh had to. That's fucking fucked it up. It's the point where you're mm. trying everything, and it's something uh, works. Yeah, I don't know if I could like say that I've beat any of those games without having to at least go to a guide once. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. <laughs> literally, when you, when I was a kid, I spent all my time just like literally just trying shit because I didn't know what to do. Or yeah. or if I was completely lost, I asked my brother who was beating these games for help. So even I myself, I used a guide. It was just my older brother. <laughs> That's perfectly understandable. But the LucasArts Adventure games are awesome. This is this game is part of that group. Okay. It is mm. better than. It's the number three best Indiana Jones. <laughs> I got a hack for you kids out there. 
if you want to play this game, by the way. So if you don't have a computer. Apparently, if you buy the terrible Indiana Jones game, Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings on the Wii, this game is in that game as an unlockable extra. And it's probably better than that fucking game in its entirety. (laughs) Did Stuck Feet of Atlantis in it? They did. It's an unlockable extra. Now, I don't know how hard it is to unlock, so maybe I'm not recommending you a good thing. Maybe you have to play Staff of Kings to get it. And in that case, maybe that's not a good uh, option. I also don't know if it's more expensive because it actually has Fate of Atlantis on it. I don't know how desirable that game is in terms of money. You get it for $5 on top. Okay. That's cool, but that's like technically a physical copy of it, if you look at it that way. Technically, yeah. That's probably the... I used to have the CD. Okay. I used to have seen cool. you for a bunch of different adventure games that just kind of got lost over time. A lot of weird shit. Tie Fighter. I still, I still have my my Tie Fighter X Wing. Yeah. All Are those that. floppies or? Yeah, they're floppies. Oh, wild. Uh, I have the floppies for that. I have the floppies for Doom, Mega oh, yeah. um, wow. Magic, Mega Magic Four, The Dark Side of Zine. Who? A very very good D and D style dungeon crawly game. Okay. Called the Dark okay. Side of Might Magic game. Dark Side of Zine. Zine? Z-E-E-N. X-E-E-N, I mean. Zine. Oh, okay. That's what it's pronounced. Zine. Alright. Very cool. You make your own party. You play with multiple people. Each person controls a character if you want. And that's the best way to do Interesting. it. Interesting. That's the best way to do it. You make a D&D party. And you go around and you fuck with shit. Yeah. You do like a very D&D type thing. Much really cool games. I spent a lot of time growing up in DOS. Which is, I don't know, it's the way I grew up. Yeah. And then when, when I moved on from that, I spent a lot of time on the good old website, Abandonia.com, which was a website where you could just go on and download old archive DOS games. Oh. Well, you know. Before that got, like, shut down. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> Here are games for free. Uh, so anyway. Uh, so that was the good side of Indiana Jones things. The the bad side of it is probably uh this movie? No no no. The other thing they made. Uh oh. The the T V show. Young Indiana Jones. The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh, horrible. Yeah, you you've said this multiple times. Uh uh as far as I'm concerned, I don't really know. I've never watched any of it. I don't intend to. Don't I just don't know a damn thing about it and uh don't really know one way or the other. But uh um, I, I had a DVD from it. I don't know exactly where it's placed in the series of that. I don't really care. I watched it and I hated it and I put it away. But, uh, so... Lucas was actually executive producer and uh, involved with a lot of that. Might explain that poorly. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones Chronicles, young Indiana Jones Chronicles, aired from uh, 1992 to 1993, uh, was canceled due to low ratings, but then it had uh, four TV movies from uh, 94 to 96. Uh, now, the series obviously featured a young indie, but there's an elderly indie who bookends most episodes sort of as a, like, let me tell you yeah. about this one time when I was a kid. Yep. And then at the end of the episode, he says something, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but with one exception, and this exception is an episode where Harrison Ford comes back to play indie and provides the intro and outro for that episode. And it is here where Lucas you know, kind of gets an idea because he decided to focus on Young Indy because he had a lack of ideas for an actual big plot worthy of a fourth film. But, during Harrison's time on set, Lucas realized 
a film starring an older Ford set in the 1950s could probably work, according to him. Yeah, sure. It, no, it really could. In, like, in concept, sure. So, he kind of like has the idea that this, because it's set in the 50s, could be more inspired by 50s B-movies than 1930s serials, like the original Indiana Jones movies were. Right. Which... I guess is an okay conclusion to come to, but maybe not even necessarily what we got eventually in 2008. Right. Uh, and also, this came to another conclusion that was probably questionable for the result of the movie at best. Uh, aliens had to be in it. Why'd they have to be in it? 1950s. B-movie. Didn't have to be in it. Nah, probably not. So. Just focus on more religion-based stuff. Harrison Ford was not a fan of the concept. And he said this. No way am I being in a Steven Spielberg movie like that. <laughs> Spielberg himself also did not like the idea of alien of an alien-focused Indiana Jones movie. He said that he, you know, I guess had explored aliens before and didn't really necessarily want to do it again because he made Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T., Right. Although, of course, later Spielberg would make other movies about aliens, too, like War of the Worlds. So maybe he was just talking out of his ass. Maybe he just didn't like Lucas's idea. Wow. It's hard. It's hard to say. But Lucas proceeds to workshop the idea anyway. Uh, Soviets as the villain becomes a concept uh, this early on when uh, Lucas learned that Joseph Stalin was interested in psychic warfare. Therefore, Lucas made the aliens have psychic powers that would be sought after by the Russians. The first batch of scripts were written in 93 and 94 oh, by boy. Jeb Stewart. Uh, this Jeb. is the guy behind Die Hard. The original Die Hard wrote the script. Okay. And The Fugitive, which starred Harrison Ford. Uh, this version of the film was called Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars. Uh, Horrible. So this has probably the most detailed uh, description. Uh, you can find this on Wikipedia. It's uh, in its own little box. Uh, the prologue set in Borneo in 1949 with Indiana proposing to Dr. Elaine McGregor, new character, after defeating pirates. She abandons him at the altar. <laughs> because uh, the government requests her aid in decoding an alien cylinder covered in Egyptian, Mayan, and Sanskrit symbols in New Mexico. Indiana pursues her and battles Russian agents and aliens for the cylinder. The script features army ants, a rocket sled fight, Indiana surviving an atomic explosion by sealing himself in a fridge... And a climactic battle between the U.S. military and flying saucers. Obviously, some of this ended up in the main film. Yeah, it did. Uh, it, as early as 90 fucking three. Wow, all of them. Bad ideas. <laughs> what are you talking about? The fridge idea is great. Went over great. Everybody loved it. Everybody so, loved it. So fucking dumb. <laughs> Just get uh, flung around in the fridge and open? No, he's fine. The fridge didn't open? No. Fridge can't open if Indy holds the handle. Inside? Yeah. Oh, okay. But handle outside? But he holds it from inside. Oh. With just the power of his heart. Oh, and love. And <laughs> he just has to believe. Does, does he have any of that? You just have to believe it, Naruto. He literally part of the thing of Indiana Jones is that he doesn't believe. 
No matter what happens. <laughs> ah, aliens are fake. After seeing flying saucer. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the wedding scene would have been interesting because it would have had cameos from Henry Jones Sr., Short Round, Sala, Marion Ravenwood, and Willie Scott, all previous characters from movies. I don't know how Indy's previous waifus would feel about him marrying somebody else, but be that as it may, they were supposed to be in uh, wedding scenes that would uh, bookend the movie. The wedding that she leaves, and then an actual wedding at the end of the film. Uh, and it would also... His military history, which I think ended up being in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Briefly. Uh, not mattering Former much. colonel was assigned to the OSS during World War II. After these drafts, Lucas hires uh, Jeffrey Bohm, who wrote The Last Crusade, uh, to do some touch-ups and uh, write you know, some different things. And figure it out. And uh, th he wrote three versions, kind of just off of the previous scripts. These were probably better because he writes funnier dialogue. Right. Uh, he's maybe a better writer because looking over uh, Jeb Stewart's filmography, it, it's though I, I mentioned the two movies that I mentioned for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it happens. Um, so then, in 1996, he submits the third version, and then a couple months later, Independence Day comes out and uh, is a huge hit, big movie about aliens. And this basically leads Spielberg to not want to make an alien invasion film. He says, Independence Day already fucking did it. We're not going to be able to top it, and we'll look like you know we're riding the just wave. riding the coattails of Independence Day if we do it a year later. So Lucas decides to abandon the idea for now and focus on Star Wars Ooh. with the re-releases coming out the following year in 97, Phantom Menace coming out in 99. But in 2000, the project would be confirmed to be revived by Spielberg in an interview. He says his children constantly ask him when he would make another Indiana Jones movie. Spielberg also wanted to break from darker films, according to him. Uh, he recently made AI, Minority Report, and Munich. Mm. Uh, Lucas still is insisting on fucking aliens. But this time, he says they're not extraterrestrial. They're interdimensional. And somehow... This is able to convince Spielberg to move forward with the idea because uh, it's different enough that audiences won't know what's it's, happening. I it's guess. not. I don't think it it's is. It's not at all. It's it's still aliens, bud. <laughs> this is where Lucas finally brings Crystal Skulls into the project, a historical oddity he finds just as interesting as the Ark of the Covenant, and intends on including it in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but never got the chance to. Now some interesting familiar faces join in as the long development hell of making this movie begins. This is eight, an eight-year-long process. Right. Or seven, I should say, because they shot in 2007. M. Night Shyamalan is hired to write oh, the script. Oh, my God. Intended to shoot in 2002. But Shyamalan found writing a sequel to a movie he loved so much overwhelming. And also said he found difficulty getting Lucas, Spielberg, and Ford to focus. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he would go on to uh, have a great career. <laughs> yeah, sure. With such hit films as 
So, uh, Frank Darabont <laughs> was hired in 2002 to write the script. Uh, Frank Darabont, uh, uh, you may recognize as being a writer for uh, the Young Indiana Jones series. And definitely nothing else. No, he never made it. Never movie. made anything else. Okay, I'm lying. He did Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And Green Mile. In the first episode of The Walking the Dead. The first possibly best episode of The Walking Dead. Still. Right. To this day. It's an amazing episode of television. And then he would go on to have a career after that that consisted of suing AMC. And I don't know what else he's doing besides that. Hope he does something. Please make another Stephen King film, man. You've made, like, two of the best ones. Please, for the love of God, get Tom Hanks on the phone and make a Stephen King movie. Yes. For God's sake. Yes. Frank, please. Shawshank was like an 11 out of 10, buddy. Please. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's just always bothered me that he kind of just like has done nothing since The Walking Dead. Uh, his script is called Indiana Jones and the City of Gods and features post-World War II Nazis in the 1950s as the villains as opposed to Russians. Partially inspired by real-life protectors of Nazi war criminals in the era. According to Darabont, Spielberg liked the script, but Lucas did not. Lucas wanted Soviets as the villains, not Nazis, as he didn't want to ignore the Soviets during the Cold War. Spielberg agreed, but also partially felt like satirizing Nazis wasn't something he wanted to do ever again. This is after he worked on Schindler's List. Right. Which uh, admittedly has a much uh, darker tone than the Indiana Jones films. I'd say so, yeah. I, I would say, particularly towards Nazis. Uh, Ford had a brief reason for not wanting to use Nazis. And this is the quote. We plumb ward Nazis out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a great man. So the next writer hired is Jeff Nathanson, who has uh, such hits under his belt as Rush Hour 2 Fuck yeah, and dude. Rush Hour 3. Fuck yeah, dude, let's go. He also did The Terminal, which uh, is a Tom Hanks movie about Tom Hanks is stuck in an airport terminal. Yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, most recently, this man wrote, and I say wrote, uh, the Disney's live-action Lion King. Mm. And I say wrote... In quotation marks, because much. I feel like you could just write down the script from the Lion King. They change things. Like what? I don't know exactly what I didn't watch the movie, but I know it changed things. It seems like they changed very little. But anyway, his script was called "And I Shit You Not," Indiana Jones and the Atomic Ants. Can I make a script for Indy Four called "Indiana Jones and the Oh God Oh Fuck"? <laughs> It would have been a better title than that. Uh, several story elements would come from Nathanson's drafts, but he wouldn't be the final official screenwriter. He is credited as a story along with George Lucas. David Coep, or however you say his name, writer of such, like, actually good films, well, your experience may vary, as Jurassic Park, The Lost World Jurassic Park, War of the Worlds, and... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Oh, shit. Uh, would be the final credited writer on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He titled the film Indiana Jones and the Destroyer of Worlds, 
but also suggested this stupid-ass title, Indiana Jones and the Son of Indiana Jones. Glad they didn't go with that what one. Fuck? That would have been awful. And also would have ruined the key detail of the plot. Right. Uh, eventually, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull becomes the official title based on Spielberg wanting to name the MacGuffin in the title. Imagine that. And based on Lucas literally insisting that they use the word kingdom. Could have just been Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Should have been. But, jo- but like, fucking Lucas just insisted, gotta be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, Otherwise, you know, no idea what's happening. The kingdom, the, the whole kingdom part of that title doesn't make any good sense. Of course, George Lucas recommended it. So there we He's go. He's a fucking hack, dude. We start making this movie finally. Now, obviously, Harrison Ford is 64 fucking years old. Yep. Can't do much stunts. Well, he did all of them. Basically. Madman. He is literally a madman. Here's kind of an explanation. Uh... The development hell of this movie was such that Harrison Ford thought they were going to make an Indiana Jones movie at literally any moment throughout that entire 19-year span. They never came to a conclusion one way or the other for 19 years, but Ford was always raring to go and just kept in shape the whole fucking time. Hell yeah. Now, obviously, he's in multiple movies throughout that entire span of time. He's in shape and all. So, yeah, I mean... But he's a madman. He's an insane person. Uh, I'm glad that he likes playing Indiana Jones. Uh, character to play. Because you get him. a good performance out of him basically every time, and this is no exception. No, I think he did great. Uh, he gives it his all. Uh, about doing his own stunts, uh, Harrison Fordstedt says this, My ambition in action is to have the audience look straight in the face of a character and not at the back of a capable stuntman's head. I hope to continue that no matter how old I get. So you'll see 80-year-old Harrison Ford jumping off of a fucking cliff in a few years, buddy. Can't wait to see that. What a madman. He's going to die. (laughs) He always always does get, like, hurt or something happens. What happened to him on this set? Something Uh, had to have happened. Nothing. Uh, What? This kind of went off without a hitch as far as I know. Uh, Shia LaBeouf got hurt. Oh, okay. Fucked his leg up. Uh, The guy who played... uh, Uh... the fuck is the name of his friend? Not friend. Double agent man. I don't fucking know. I already forget. I hated that Such character. Such a forgettable character. Yeah. Whatever. He got hurt too. I, I think Harrison Ford was fine for the most part. Uh, I, I think he already had the run of bad luck playing Indiana Jones enough by this uh, time. So yeah, he was just for like, sure. you know, hey, Jesus. he deserves one movie where nothing happens to him. That's fine. That's right. fine. Yeah. Uh, this movie was shot entirely in the United States, which is weird because a l- none of it, almost none of it takes place in the United States. Peru. Peru and uh, wherever <laughs> the end of the movie takes place. Non-disclosed, not Aztec place. Still in Peru. Still in Peru? Still I thought they Peru. went from somewhere else from They Peru. went from one side of Peru to the other side of Peru. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> the place with the, uh, the, the weird lines. Mm-hmm. I forget what they were called. Damn it. They just fucking said it in the movie. They 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 throw a lot of fucking history vomit at you in this movie. It's fine. Indiana Jones rattling them facts off. Uh like a like a machine, like a Wikipedia. <laughs> uh which is cool. I liked that aspect of him in this movie. He was like just constantly telling you facts about shit. 
Because he knows um, a lot of shit. I mean, yeah, he's a teacher. He should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind he's of, it's a his brilliant whole, guy. Yeah. It's his whole job. He's a brilliant guy and a douchebag. It's fun. But, but yeah, so Spielberg didn't want to abandon his family during the shoot, I guess. And he insisted that everything be filmed in America. Uh, so a lot of it was filmed in Hawaii. Um, and a lot of it was filmed on sound stages. Uh, can you tell? Yeah. Uh, CGI jungle. <laughs> During the chase sequences, it's just CGI plants, dude. Uh, lots of shit like that. Lots of over-reliance on CGI in this movie. Yeah, um, it's, it's bad. I mean, I, you know, say what you will, but one of the key mom- like great things about the old Indiana Jones movies is that most of that shit was done for really real. Like, you know, Big Pit of Snakes, that's a Big Pit of Snakes. It's pretty much a Big Pit of Snakes. Big fucking cavern of rats. That's pretty much a cavern of rats. And I love I love that shit. Now, I'm not saying you should cover your actors and ants. But hey, I'm saying the previous movies kind of did that. It's easier to do CGI now. And Spielberg is older. And so is everyone making this. So I kind of understand cutting corners and making things a little easier on people. And in a way, that's a lot more safe. Yeah. In terms of a lot Much of these things, safe. Shia LaBeouf is not actually swinging on vines, probably. Uh, no. So that probably helps. Uh, <laughs> swinging on vines on a soundstage. But I think there's a way to do it that'll help the audience suspend their disbelief. And then there's a way where Shia LaBeouf is swinging on vines with a, a cavalcade of monkeys, and there's a shitload of prairie dogs That's in this a, movie. And that is a writing The issue. ant scene looks strange, but I, I like that scene, actually. And, and then the alien shit is... Just like it, it all makes your disbelief just get thrown out the window, and you just are aware that you're sitting down watching a movie the whole time, for sure, because it's ridiculous. Yeah, this uh, Indiana Jones movies always have like the shade of ridiculousness to them, right? Yeah, but it's I'm okay with it. They do a great job at making it like kind of like progressing you up to it, so yeah. it still feels somehow grounded. They do a very good job of that. That does not happen in Crystal Skull. This is even something a Temple of Not Doom does better. Not even for like a span of ten minutes does it happen. Right. This is something that Temple of Doom does do better than Crystal Skull. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's like religion stuff. Sure. And so like, in, your, in the back of your head, you're like, well, they all believe this. It's happening. Whereas like, Crystal Skull is kind of like, yeah, aliens. Aliens. There, there's no like, big thing. It's just like, it's aliens. Great. Thank you. So, I just talked for a long time. Josby, let's go through the plot of this movie. All right, so let's start with a with a good old Indiana Gones. Well, you start with uh, people with listening to Hound Dog in right. a car racing yeah. the military, right? And then yeah, the the military. <laughs> oh yeah, it's and Russians. Then they all they all pull up to a big. So yeah, that happens in a weird like scene. I guess just kind of putting the setting out for you. Mm-hmm. It's fine, whatever. Get it? It's 50s. Yeah. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. And then they pull up to I want to just figure that out later anyway. They pull up to an Air Force hangar, and then the, the, the dudes guarding it are like, nobody allowed in, sorry. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they just shoot all the guys. And like, okay, well, he's Dude not Dude pretends to tie his shoe. It does tie his shoe, and a bunch of people well, just jump does, out of the van and shoot does tie everybody. his shoe. I don't know. Oh, fuck, he did. But then they all, they all go in, oh, look, it's Russians. And they open up the trunk, and they pull out a dude. And then they open up another trunk and they pull out Indiana fucking Jones. Here's old ass Harrison Ford I think they're out. both in the same trunk. And they're both in the same trunk. Ass to mouth. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shoved in there. Both get pulled out. 
And then... Oh, this guy's name is Mac. I was trying Mac. to remember that. It's Ray Winstone, who's uh, been in a, a billion things. He's usually fine. I, I do not like his character. I find it's it kind of obnoxious. Once again, he acted fine. It's the way the character's written. He's, he's kind of envisioned as like a weird combination between Belloc and Sala. It's a friend of Indy's, but then he's like has the evil part that's like a rival. He's just entirely selfish. He's, there's no rivalry yeah. there. He's just a selfish I'm saying bastard. this is what they intended. I'm not saying they succeeded on this yeah, front. I mean, he just comes off as a selfish bastard. Yeah. I, I, that's all he is. I mean, I get it. You get it as soon as it happens. And then, like, they have this, like, ongoing thing where it's like, I'm a double agent. I'm a triple agent. I was just... I just lied. I was actually a double agent. And it's it, it all doesn't really ring true to me like he's a cartoon of a man yeah he's just like he, he like has dollar signs for eyes yeah <laughs> basically really like it's, it's ridiculous it, it's kind of uh you know i'm not saying that all of the compatriots of indy are realistic like i've seen temple of doom but uh th- this one is just a just doesn't work for mm-hmm. me didn't like this character so the russians pulled the boys out and then uh after some quip, after Indy says some quips and gets punched for it, as he usually does, mm-hmm. they uh, direct him into, the Russians direct him into a warehouse. Um, From the end of Raiders. Yep, the yeah. same one, yeah, if you remember the, yeah, the last scene of Raiders where you have this, the Ark of the Covenant being put away in this giant-ass warehouse. Which is now not a matte painting. No, it is a... But is a set. <laughs> yep, a big old set with boxes and boxes and boxes. Oh, and man. Indy's clowning around the boxes, they're looking for this thing. No, using, like, well, using magnetic energy. Yeah, they're like, well, this thing's really magnetic. Somebody give me gunpowder. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And they give him some gunpowder. And he throws it up in the air. And then the gunpowder just gravitates in a direction magically. I guess, should we talk about Kate Blanchett? Since this is where she enters the film. Yeah, sure. Uh, as Irina Spalco. What, what do you think of this character? No. <laughs> That's kind of how... I, I, sometimes I like it, and sometimes I feel like they didn't do enough to like actually tell us what she is. She's just like a stereotype. Yeah, but like not like but not even like a single interesting character trait. No, she's just very generic villain. Like, even like the, the, I, I don't no, know. like the Nazi girl in Last Crusade's interesting. I agree. Uh, she uh, has. At least, like, you know, I mean, I criticize some of these elements, but, like, you know, layers to her character. Well, yeah, well, she's, like, her, she has her own personal quest for the crew, for for getting the Holy Grail, that it's enveloped her to pursue with the Nazis, but she knows what she's doing, and she's not, like, and then she has parts where she comes human to Indy, and, like, can, can be seen as human. This girl just, like, feels like a fucking Soviet bot. Yeah. It's really fucking weird. Some of the only moments I liked her was when she was, like, kind of, like, working out a puzzle with Indy. Yeah. And they were kind of working together in a weird, like, moment. Even though they're, like, vil- like you know, hero and villain. Wendy uh, can't help of, himself is kind of the idea. Yeah. Well, neither could she. And that was kind of, like, some of the cool moments I liked from her. Right. Because she's obsessed and looking for this thing, and Indy is obsessed for the answers, too. Um... But but at the same time, yeah, she's just kind of very generic Russian lady, and 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 never has enough of a personality and enough of a like skill set to like know what she is. Yeah, like she's able to fence, she's able to do action shit, but like none of that is set up. It just happens, and like she has kung fu. Like I don't know what the fuck any just, of that comes from. Yeah. 
I don't know. Really bad Russian accent. That too. Like I really like Kate Blanchett. Me too. But yeah, maybe not misused the best choice. Movie. Misused in this role. Uh, I am of the opinion that she plays basically a better version of this character without the accent in Thor Ragnarok <laughs> as yeah. Hela. Sure. Uh, she gets to chew the scenery in that movie in the same way that she does in this uh, because you can tell that she's having fun getting way too into playing this character. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a nothing character. And you could argue that with Hela as well. Like, a lot of Marvel villains are, like, nothing characters. But yeah. I think she does a far better job in that movie. I so, so at least, you know, maybe it was eventually, like, a way for someone to see that, like, oh, maybe Kate Blanchett could play a good villain. And then she did. Uh, so that's good, at least. Fun fact, I have uh, spinal issues that cause my uh, hands... Is that a fun fact? Yeah, that just caused my hands to lose their grip. Oh, okay. Because of nerve damage. Don't yeah. worry about it. Anyway. Uh, just be dropped his jewel. What a tragedy. I literally just... Things just fall out of my hands. I can't control it. Yeah. Anyway. Apparently on set... Uh, Kate Blanchett was like really method and wouldn't talk to anybody. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Which is hilarious yeah. for like this character. Like, like, uh, like, uh, apparently, like, um, Ford met her without the wig and was like, who are you? And like, shit like that. Like, didn't like realize it was Kate Blanchett. Oh, that's so <laughs> like, funny. <laughs> fucking old man. Anyway, like, that's so funny. Uh, I think Shia complained about her. We'll get to him in a bit. Um, yeah, he doesn't show up for a little bit here. Not complain, but was just like, man, she was like really aloof on set because she was like being this character 100% of the time. It was weird. Uh, I, I don't know. Method acting is a weird thing to me, and I feel like I'm kind of against it. It's a technique that works for some people and creeps out others. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you can't shut off actor mode is really yeah. weird to me. Like, I feel like you should be able to do that and be able to, like, you know... Not everybody can. Act like a human around people. And I, I, I understand that there's stuff like that, you know? Some, some Your Daniel Day-Lewis's and things. Yeah, and, some people and, do their best and work. And they're, they are, they're amazing but sometimes, but then you get, like, Jared Leto's. Who, like, really should stop being their characters sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. Especially when they're playing, like, psychotic individuals. That's, yeah. That's, that's just dangerous. Uh, anyway. Look like at Heath Ledger. Well, uh, well hmm. Damaging. Damaged. Tattooed across your forehead. <laughs> well, not that, not, not that one. But yeah, but, like, a figurative way for him. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyway, can't wait to see Joker in theaters October 4th. I'm gonna go see Joaquin, boy! Looking good. It's gonna be good. I can't wait. Like, like I'm waiting for that sarcastic anti-incel masterpiece. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that clearly anti-incel movie that people are like, this means that I can be an incel movie. Um... Yeah, it's going to be our generation's American History X, where, like, you know, it's clearly anti-racism movie, but then there's bigots that watch it and go, like, oh, culture's cool, because they're, like, completely brain dead. Right. Um, which is not the movie's fault. These people would have seen it from anything and, and been dumb with any movie. I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm waiting for those takes and they're going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not, I'm not looking forward to that part of it, but I am looking forward to the movie itself. Anyway. Back to Indy. Sidebar. So we're running around throwing a bunch of gunpowder in the air, just watching it like <laughs> travel towards a thing. Quick question. Mm -hmm. if, if they're throwing all that, all that metal stuff and it's just gravitating, why isn't any of their other metal sort of gravitating that early? 
Oh, uh, because uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. You don't have to answer that question. Don't try to. There's no answer. There's no logic in this movie, really, internally. No, there's nothing that puts it on the ground. Yeah, where other indie movies have that. Yeah, there's nothing that puts this movie on the ground. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I I definitely agree. Anyway. They so they with enough gunpowder being thrown in the air, they're just dumping out grenades and throwing it. They get to a box that has something in it. You don't really get to see what it is, except a hand pokes out of it, and it's super magnetic and important to the Russians. And they it, it dead alien. It and we know now it's a dead alien. Yeah. But anyway, the Russians go to take it away, and Indy mounts his escape. Yeah, this is where After Mac, Mac betrays, betrays him. him. Yeah, yeah. But then he just escapes anyway. Right, because Zendi just mm-hmm. go escape. Yeah. And he gets out and he makes his way over to uh, the popular uh, Call of Duty Black Ops map, Nuketown. Well, after getting transported there by a, the rocket sled. Oh, yeah, that's right, were. yeah. He, he's fighting a yeah. dude on a rocket sled and it mm-hmm. activates and they both get blasted. <laughs> and then they're in Nuketown. And they're in Nuketown. And, uh... Very popular Call of Duty Black Ops map. Okay, so this scene is infamous for how it ends with a nuke in the fridge as it were but the, the lead up to that scene is great. I like the setup yeah, the setup I like the me. setup now the problem is you put Indiana Jones in such a fucking beyond dangerous situation that getting him out of it you have to do something that's stupid there's no other way out of it other than that he would just fucking die so there's no realistic you, you put a bomb or sensible shelter. way. You put a bomb shelter thing in it that he's able to just get into. Yeah, I guess. But is that really an exciting scene then? They want something, a big explosion, and he survives miraculously. Uh, Literally the worst way to handle it. <laughs> they uh, stick to their guns on this fucking uh, fridge scene for My some reason. Yeah. Smudge. Cat meowing. <laughs> cat, cat doesn't like that we're talking about Crystal Skull. It's like, shut the fuck up! Here, no one cares about that movie. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look at my cat real quick. Keep jump off. Here. All right, sure. Uh, I'm trying to say Spielberg and Lucas stick to their guns as far as the fridge thing goes, and I'm not really sure why. Spielberg is like of the opinion that it's like, it, yeah, if it actually happened, it'd be a fifty-fifty shot if he lived or died. So that's fine in my book. And I'm like, what do you mean if it actually happened? Has anyone actually tried? No. <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? What science is there to support it one way or the other? None. Yeah. No one's crawling in fridges to see if they don't die when they get nuked. Not no one. Yeah, Not a soul. You can't prove it. <laughs> but apparently, I think what each frost is what lined with lead. It's lined with lead. But like, there's still a significant amount of radiation. Getting, getting boy. flown through the air. Yeah, you'd have to hold the open. fridge door closed How? and not get injured while crashing down too. Like the, it's not just the nuke; it's also the you know intense flailing about that would happen if you got caught in an explosion. Like you would probably fucking just be bones by the time you fucking fell down, you'd even without be, the radiation. Yeah, you just you probably get your neck Brickle, snapped yeah. and all that shit. Brick all kinds of If bones. that's if you could hold the fridge door closed. But oh, I see what Indy did. He shrunk into his clothes like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> he used the pim particles. Yeah. Yeah. He just, just sunk into himself. Mm. And then we got out. He went. Poop. And he's completely fine when he gets out. No broken, no broken bones. Uh, you know, 
Harrison Ford is an expert at not getting nuked. So what happens after this? FBI? Yeah, so then yeah, the FBI gets a hold of him. And, uh... They, they sit him down to lag. Indy, that man you were with, he's a spy. We think you're a spy. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Random military man shows up and he's like, hey, are you guys harassing Harrison Ford? Leave him the fuck alone. He was in The Fugitive. You leave that man alone. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Air Force One. Well, not literally, just a movie about Air Force One. Right, right. But still, that man is a true American. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> It's probably what actually would happen if Harrison Ford got, like, arrested or anything. People would be like, that's fucking Indiana Jones. Let him go. Sir, he ran over several, several children. Yeah, but he was he was Han Solo. Let him out. <laughs> God. And the FBI's like, and the FBI's like, yeah, we're watching you. And, like, that's it. Yeah, nothing else comes of that. Useless it's just, scene. like, I guess it... Would have happened, so it had to happen, but, like, I don't know, in a movie with Nuke in the fridge, just cut the fat, dude. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> just keep going. Uh, we get to the college. Yeah, so now um, he's back at college teaching, and as usual, he gets interrupted by not Marcus Brody. Yeah, so this is Jim Broadbent playing a new character, and I and, and partially the reason for this is uh, the actor who played Bro uh, Marcus Brody passed away. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's so it makes reason. sense that it's not Marcus Brody, but, like, they basically wrote... Marcus Brody as the character it's the same it's the same shit exactly I would have actually probably rather than just said it was Marcus Brody and recast him yeah because if you're just gonna have him be exactly the same character anyway I don't know what the point is right but uh I don't know inconsequential uh result of the uh FBI bullshit. Ford has to take a leave of absence. Sorry, Indiana Jones, not Harrison. Yeah, Harrison Ford himself. Yes, Indiana <laughs> is same forced person. to take a quote leave of absence. And, and uh, not Marcus Brody has to resign and right. shit like that. Uh, and while uh, Ford is about to leave, question mark to yeah, he, he's somewhere. Up. He wants. He goes to. He wants to go to uh, England to just escape everything for a while. Is kind of his idea. Maybe got to try to teach out there or something. Okay. He's like, oh, we're gonna take a just, just take like get out of the country because the FBI is watching me and I'm obviously doing anything wrong and I'm tired of this shit. So I'm gonna get out. Fair enough. But he doesn't get to because here comes Shia LaBeouf on a motorcycle, <laughs> just just, in, just completely intruding on this fucking this this pad to get mm. onto the train. Just doesn't give a shit. Just pulls right up on it, riding up next to the train. Looking for Indiana-ass Jones. I don't know if this is a controversial take or not. I have a feeling it is. I kind of like Shia LaBeouf in this movie. I'm dead serious. He's okay. Now, this is a movie with a lot of problems, so, like, nobody kind of... I think he is nobody except problem. Nobody except Harrison Ford gets out of this movie unscathed. Yeah. As far as, like, you know, their performance being great. You know what I mean? You know, Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford acted his ass off in this movie. No, he's great. He's fine. But, like, I think Shia LaBeouf deserves credit for doing what he could with this concept, which is basically Harrison Ford's son is James Dean, but more of a greaser, is basically what this is. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And, and I think given that kind of ludicrous idea, 
he does what he can with it. He extenuates a lot of ridiculous aspects of creature culture. Like, you know, obviously he's combing his hair a lot. And it's pretty ridiculous that he's wearing this get up the whole movie. <laughs> I guess no more ridiculous than like, you know, it's his car. It's his cartoon character outfit. Just like Indiana Jones is the hat and the vest and everything. Right. Uh, that's fine. My cat's still going at it, dude. Go let him out. I'm gonna go, I'm That's gonna go, what he wants. I'm gonna go tend to him. You keep keep going. God damn it, cat! <laughs> but like, I I honestly I honestly feel like he's not that bad. He gets a lot of the bad rep that this movie has thrown at him. Um, he's better in this movie than he is in like the Transformers movies, where he's like a non-character with no personality whatsoever. I at least feel like he's playing a character in this movie. And there's a couple times and a couple scenes where, like, he made me laugh. Yeah, Like, where he falls down into the crypts, and he has good chemistry with Ford, and good banter with Ford, and once they kind of, like, reveal the twist that he's Marion's son and Indy's son, I kind of feel like his... he, He doesn't have a whole lot else to do. At that point in the movie, it like falls and off. his banter kind of just falls off, and there's not like there's nothing else. But you know, the early parts, I, I didn't think he was that bad. He's all right. Shia LaBeouf gets a lot of hate, and a lot of it is deserved because he is an insane person. But uh, you know, I, I don't. That movie is coming out about his fucking life. Where he plays his dad. Yeah, that's some wild shit. Looks good. It might be. I mean, I think he can be a fantastic actor when I he think gives he a shit. Does a great job, actually. Mm. Yeah. But uh, in this movie, he's he's fine. I, I don't really have a problem with him. Yeah. There's Dude. some dumb scenes written about him, but it's not his fault. Right. A lot of the problem with this movie is just the writing. Yeah, for sure. Most of the acting's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like as as bad as it is, it does make a lot of sense given what I know David Coep has written before. <laughs> right. Spider Man One. <laughs> That's a cheesy movie and it's, it's the Raimi touch that makes Spider-Man 1 like acceptable though. Well, he he kind of embraces that bad script and makes a Sam Raimi ridiculous movie out of it. Whereas Spielberg kind of treats this like it's just any other Indiana Jones film. And I think that might be a mistake for how ridiculous the material is. Whereas like you know, obviously you don't want it to be that ridiculous in the first place. But anyway, I digress. Uh his name Mutt. You fucking kidding me? Because <laughs> he provides a context that he's Indiana Jones' son. What a dumb fucking name to give your character. Hey, I get it. Indy named himself after the dog, so his son did the same. Fucking kidding me. Did I just blow your mind, bruh? Whoa. But that's just a theory. A film theory. He should have just been right up front. He's like, my name's Henry. And then Andy would have been like, that's a good name. (laughs) Why would he have the fucking Christian Bale Batman voice? That's a good name. That's a good name. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, what do they go? They go to a a diner. They discuss uh, who is his kind of stepfather, I guess. But he doesn't know that at the time. Ox. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't his stepdad. Something like that. No, I don't know what it. What, uh, somebody who like raised him like <laughs> yeah, a grandpa, who, like, like a the, grandpa. The, yeah. oh, excuse me. Yeah, a dude. really good friend of uh, his mom's. Okay, all right, I got you then. So, 
Dagon go find him? Yeah, so the idea is that he, he, he gives him a... He was given a letter to uh, that he thought was sent from his mom to give to Indy to help. <laughs> oh, I'm dying! Jusby's allergic to the Gen and Jub show. I'm allergic to something. I opened the door. Dude, like my allergy is so bad, I literally opened the door and I started sneezing. <laughs> oh, man. All right, go ahead. Continue. What's anyway, up? So... He gives him so he gets this letter that he thinks is from his mom mm-hmm. to give to Indy to get some help, and it turns out that it was a ploy by the Russians, and now they so they can get the letter to Indy, capture him, and force him to translate this letter. And they're already hot on their trail, and they have to escape this fifties uh, diner. Yep, in which they by starting a fight. Dude, that was funny. That was great. No, this scene's fun. I like this chase scene. Yeah, really well done. Yeah, that's fine. This, good, this, good this felt like Indiana Jones shit, right? Yeah, sure. Unlike the other one, which didn't. We'll get to that. The way longer one. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but they get out of oof. there. And then uh, they... So once they get out of there in a really like, kind of cool, fun chase scene, they get back to... Good old... They get back to, I guess, his apartment. Indy's apartment, I think that is. Or is it in the school? I, I don't know. Uh, this whole scene takes place at the school. Yeah. But then they go to Indy's apartment, I think. Okay. Um... And then they talk about you know, what what to do next, what this letter means, and he goes to translate it and finds it turns out that they have to go to Peru. Yep. Forgot the what, about the crystal skull, and as far as he knew, this isn't a special thing. There's there's plenty of there are multiple crystal skulls. That is which a, which there are. That is a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh this is just a crystal. I don't know what the relevance of it is, but I guess let's go. And. uh... That leads them to Ox's cell? He was being a raving madman, lunatic or something? Yeah, and yep, they arrive in Peru. He they go wrote to, a lot of crazy shit on the walls. Yep, they go to his, they go to his cell and there's a bunch of shit on the walls. Shellabuff uh, gets really upset. He played that really well. I, he actually did, yeah. Hmm. I'm really upset, but he's like, he's like, well, this person that was super poor to him basically raised him. It's like, gone mad. Yeah. And he's like, he's, he's torn up about it, as he should be. But Indy, of course, doesn't give a fuck about that. And he's, <laughs> he's looking around for the shit. He wants the shit. And he finds the shit. On the floor, he makes shallow buff sweep it up. <laughs> like, he hands, hands him and goes, sweep. <laughs> shallow buff sweeps it. It's funny shit. Yeah. yeah. And then he, look, he looks down, compares it to his little paper, as, as, you, as you do in, in uh, not real archaeology. And then... <laughs> yeah. And goes, oh, that's yeah. it. That's the spot. And mm-hmm. I guess what they they knock they dig underneath there is that the insinuation they don't actually show it. I thought it was a no, it was just a map of a cemetery. That's right. And they go to the cemetery and they go to that cemetery. Like right. he's able to figure out what cemetery that is. We go there, and uh, they need to go underneath to find the burial ground of some guy. And uh, the conquistador. Yes, and and there's uh, there's some creepy spookies around that are trying to murder them with poison darts yeah, and I don't guys. know why it doesn't tell you why. they don't explain they're where these people came from I think they're protecting the temple I, I is the idea I guess but why and and also why I don't know if they know like what's I, in there or? I don't I don't know but but Indy mercs all of them there's and no that's fine, there's I no guess. context good moment where like one's trying to shoot a blow dart at Shia and just Indy blows it right back into his <laughs> into mouth. his mouth. Oh, it's oh, awesome. God. I love that part. Uh, yeah, these. This is really strange. Like it has like a similar vibe to like, like for example the the guys from the Last Crusade who were like protecting. 
the Grail. Yeah, but like but, that had a big explanation. Right, it was a huge part of the yeah. movie. I mean, it ended up falling flat for me. I wish they did more with that, but at least they explained it, and it wasn't just limp like this shit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck these things are supposed to be. Uh, I don't. I mean, are are they alive Mayans? humans? I mean, they're wearing like skull masks, and there was some like. There was some talk about stuff being guarded by the living dead, but, like, these look just like people. Yeah. I don't know. Man, I don't know. It's weird. They're like a, like, uncivilized, weird group of people that just attack them. I don't know. I don't don't know. Can't have an Indiana Jones movie without that, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Anyway. Less racist Temple of Doom still. Well, yes, for sure. Anyway, <laughs> after fighting, after staving those guys off, they go in the tomb and they find the corpse of the conquistador, and they're like, "Ooh, look at that! There's got to be something around here somewhere." And then he picks up the big conquistador corpse and hands it to Shalabov and says, "Hold this." Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, didn't have to tell him to hold it, but at least it was funny. Oh yeah, this whole segment is actually pretty funny. I like when Shia got attacked by scorpions, and uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Ford was like, "Are you gonna be done dancing?" <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> and it was like, uh, "How big was the scorpion that bit you?" And he was like, "It was really big." And he's like, "Good," <laughs> which the, the explanation was that bigger scorpions don't poison you; littler ones do. Which I don't know if it's, if, if that's true. I don't know. Uh, I'll oh, go to Google that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering because, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, the opposite is true? And then, like, someone gets bit by, like, a giant ass scorpion. And they're like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull told me <laughs> that that I won't die. And then that person dies. <laughs> like, that'd be pretty, uh, that'd yep. be pretty fucked right. up. Scorpions less than four inches in length are dangerous to humans. Scorpions that are larger are, uh,. Uh, you don't have chunkier pincers are less venomous. So not not venomous, just less venomous. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine it, it degrades. Um, okay, but only, you can still only, fucking die. Yeah, only one in thirty species of scorpions are actually considered life threatening. Okay, but like, if that was a life threatening scorpion and it was big, it still poisons Shia LaBeouf, just not as much as a tiny one. Right, it might just get sick. Well, okay, so thanks, movie. You've probably killed someone. Not really. I, I doubt that people are taking their scorpion knowledge from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I would hope not, but <laughs> Don't take any knowledge from this movie. There's none to be had. <laughs> so, really aliens. they find Crystal Skull. And, and, he, and he's like, God damn, that's a big head! <laughs> long boy over here. Long neck! <laughs> long skull! That boy's got a long skull! He, he takes yeah, a look at yeah. it, shiny as fuck. He's mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. And it's magnetic. Death magnetic. The Metallica album. <laughs> uh, and Shella Buff's fucking switchblade knife is stuck when he's like, oh, fuck. And he grabs it. <laughs> fucking creaser. Anyway. God. They, they crawl out of there. And, Oops, Russia. Russia's here. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Just just like in uh, in Raiders. And they come up out of the thing and, oh, look, Nazis. This Basically, like, like, oh, look, just Russian. like in every Indiana Jones movie. Uh, they get captured about five times throughout the course of the film. The fun part about Indy is basically he's losing the entire time yeah. until the thing kills the enemy. Yeah, without any assistance from Indiana Jones right. to kill them. Yeah. He's just along for the ride. Which is still the case in this movie. Like, if but Indiana Jones did nothing, they would still all fucking die. As uh, you know, if Indiana Jones did nothing, they wouldn't all die because they would never find the thing. Okay. 
Well, then, no, then still nothing would happen. Right. Okay. That's it goes from nothing happening to Indy, I guess, inadvertently killing a bunch of Nazis, which is great. Well, in, it, Russians in this movie, not yeah, Nazis. Yeah. It basically treats them like they're interchangeable, which is I think is kind of fucked up. He but. is uh, disingenuous. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that the Soviet Union in that era was uh, good. No, it's not like someone's I, like I, a great guy uh, It's just that. You know, hey. They are not the same as Nazis. Not even close. In, in fact, they killed a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of a them. lot more than them. we did. Yeah, for fucking sure. Uh, so we uh, go to, go to other Peru, the other side of Peru. <laughs> they move straight Peru to the other too. side of Peru, literally from one side of the coast to the other. Okay, and Indy is strapped to a dentist chair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, strapped up. His his boy Mac goes to talk to him, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, Mac." And he's like, "Ah." And then Kate uh, Blanchett comes in and is like, we going to show you the crystal skull. Don't See what happens. We'll make you know shit. And you're like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. But I don't believe they, in it. But I don't then they make him do that. And then, like... It fucks him up. And then Mac I, like, I guess Stop it, it tells bitch. him, like, what to do. Yes. Essentially. But, like, we don't really learn that until, like, way later. It's really weird that it tells him to do that. But, like, I guess that it kind of conveys that information by, like, he says return. And, uh, Ox is there. He's the fucked up. He's just fucked up and not all there. But when Indy says return, he says return. And then, like, he's linked again with the whole... The skull, I guess? Yes. I, I don't know. I guess that's how it's working. Yeah, well, the, the, the idea is that, I guess, the telepathic power of the skull is taking control of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Are, are these alive? Technically, I guess. Like, I, I don't it's understand. A skull, it. It's a skeleton, but then they form like a living being at the end. Like I, I don't know. Anyway, this is where we uh, get reintroduced. It's been a bit to Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood. Oh shit! Uh, she's okay in this movie. She doesn't do much besides drive. I feel like. If you're gonna focus on Indiana Jones' son with Marion and their love story, you need to dedicate more time to it for it to be believable. Their banter was really good. Yeah, but as it stands, all they did was, like, soap opera argue for, like, a minute, and then they were like, okay, we love each other now, and then in the end of the movie, they get married. And I didn't buy it. No, no, I felt like, you know, the level of abandonment... (laughs) And the level of, like, oops, you have son that, that occurred here would have maybe resulted in them being a lot more bitter towards each other yeah, instead of than nature. they were. And yeah. they did argue about it a lot, but then they just they just, just all went to the wayside. They skipped the middle part of their relationship, is what I'm saying. Yeah. They skipped the development from angry and bitter at each other to loving and caring for one another. They skipped the entire it's middle part, in, in Ravens, whatever it could have been. That, that went through perfectly fine in Raiders, by the way. That worked out great in Raiders. Yeah. Uh, they there's development in Raiders between the two of them. Yeah. It made a lot of sense. They experienced stuff together besides just, you know, Marion driving a car. <laughs> yeah. Literally uh, what she spends this movie doing. Well, that's probably because that scene took, like, probably 20 minutes of the runtime. God, it took forever. It's insane. We'll get to it in, like, a second. I, I, they Too try long to, of a uh, They try to escape after Indy, like, starts to figure out where they're gonna go. Yeah. But then Shia's just like, I'm gonna flip this table! And then he... <laughs> then they escape. Uh, but not really. They just go to quicksand, and then they argue. And then they 
get out of quicksand. Shadow Buff throws up a snake, and he's like, I ain't touched it. It's a snake. I liked that scene. Yeah, <laughs> that was Shadow really Buff funny, like, actually. Like, just grab the fucking snake, dumbass. And he's like, it's a snake. Snakes snake. are fucking scary, man. Yikes. <laughs> get it? Indy hates snakes. But I thought it was a funny, like, uh, situation. It was What's, fine. Like, that one thing Indy's scared of, it really debilitates him. It's funny. He needs a kryptonite, I guess. It's snakes? Yeah. His kryptonite is snakes. <laughs> snake tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Snake tonight! <laughs> uh, this should not be funny to me. It shouldn't be, and it really isn't. But yeah! I'm laughing anyway. <laughs> Fuck that song. Good lord. Oof. That three doors down? Yeah. What happened What happened? three doors up? Shut the fuck up. Talk about Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, God, that's more exciting. Um, <laughs> than Three Doors Down? I agree. Yeah, for mm. sure. I, I go with that. So, so yeah, I, they get captured again after they get pulled out of the Oh, yeah, because Guy goes to help and then just brings yeah. the Russians to them. Well, yeah. Indy sends Ox to help, but like, he, mm. he's dumb and he hasn't chanted by aliens, so he doesn't know any better. Well, what do you think about his character throughout this movie, John he's Hurt like, as Ox? He's just like... I love John Hurt in a lot of movies. He's great. He's but, just uh, like, I don't know, just kind of twitching out and just like saying single words. It doesn't I, I mean, I think some of it's fun. I think some of it's funny. But like, it's he weird. He starts actually acting at the end of the movie. Yeah, that was very strange. It's it's strange that his character doesn't exist until the last like five minutes as, right. as part of it. Like, I don't know. I don't like that. If we had like a portion of time to like meet him and learn him, I feel like this change in his character would have like meant a lot more to the audience. You know, just like, you see him as that at first, and it's weird. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you don't have time to actually know this character. If it was, like, a returning character or something, that would be interesting. Like, imagine if it was, like, Sala instead or something. Yeah. Uh, apparently they talked to John Rice davies but it was just going to be a cameo in the wedding at the end. So he was just like, no, I want an actual role, or else don't fucking call me. Bye. Hung up the phone. And then he went to go be in, like, Dungeon Siege. What? Why didn't they offer him a bigger role? I feel like they could have, but he's also a dick, so it's Putting fine. The same role as Ox. I think that would have worked out great because, like, you know, Sala from the previous movies. So, like, seeing him reduced to like being a fucking like weirdo. Yeah, it would be like that would be would interesting. Yeah, it would mean you know? something. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Yes, anyway, it's okay. So they get captured again, but then they break out again and steal a car in what becomes. The longest chase scene. Oh, God. Jungle jungle chase the, forever. There's there's them. There's Indy jumping between cars beating up people. There's him beating up Mac, and he's like, I'm a double agent. And he's like, okay. And then they keep fighting. And then there's a fucking fencing fight between Shia LaBeouf and Kate Blanchett. Uh-huh. There's fucking... Swinging on vines with the monkeys by yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf gets, car- gets, gets left behind. And Shia LaBeouf gets hit in the vines. balls with, like, nine plants this in a all, row. This is all just a clavicate of bullshit. This is the worst. Yeah, I mean, some of it's funny, some of it's exciting. Mostly boring. But... I think it just goes on for way too long for its own good. Like, yeah. it should have been 10-minute seg- segment, and, and, like, we're done. And it felt like it was a half hour. <laughs> I don't know if whole, it was a half hour, but it felt like it. Cut out the whole part where Shia LaBeouf is uh, swinging with monkeys. Yeah. Cut all out, all of it. Yeah. Every little bit. And uh, it ends with them driving off a cliff. On purpose. Yep. Thanks, Marion. Good idea. It's like, oh, this is a boat car. Let's just do boat it. Boat car. 
I, I guess. Um, and, uh, or is that how it ends, or do we get to ants first? The ant part is, is the good. Ants first. Ant part is good. I like the ant part. Now, it's a lot of CGI, and that's therefore less interesting, but it's a fun little scene. It's horrifying. Yeah, the I like giant it. ants. The ants fucking eating the shit out of that guy and then pulling him into the ant hill is fucking awful and terrifying. I like that. That was a good, like, cheesy horror scene. Yep, the only thing that's keeping the ants away, apparently, is the crystal skull. Because, of course, it's the MacGuffin. It's MacGuffining. It MacGuffins harder than any MacGuffin in this movie. It MacGuffs. It MacGuffs everything. Yeah. It's Uh, ridiculous. It is pretty ridiculous. And, of course, uh, everyone escapes unscathed. That matters and is a named character. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is like, what would be the next level of a MacGuffin? What would you call it? A McMuffin? <laughs> <laughs> New from McDonald's, the Crystal McMuffin. Ooh, it's made out of pure fucking crystal. A Mega Guffin? Mega Guffin. A McGuffin? I like Mega Guffin. Mega Guffin implies that it matters so fucking much that it's, like, fucking insane. Like, it's the only thing that matters. Uh, I would say something like that would be, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones, stuff like that. Yeah. Where, like, the entire fucking plot of the movie has to revolve around it for anything to make sense at all. Whereas a MacGuffin could, you know, make or break a movie, but not necessarily be the biggest, like, thing about the movie. Like, you know could even be disappointing like uh the maltese falcon where it's fake the whole time you know stuff like that that's, but, that's uh, a cool little thing though. i like that the maltese falcon that's so. a great movie it's good that's good it's Make pretty it. ridiculous at times but i love uh fake. it's a classic it's yeah, a classic when you figure out the things are fake is awesome said so the whole movie mm-hmm. and you're like nope yeah, and then he just crumples it like it's a chocolate rabbit. <laughs> it's so fucking awesome. Uh, anyway, so so the mega guffin that is the crystal skull, mm-hmm. because it literally just gets them out of all of their problems. Of course. Fuck off. They gotta get this to where thing. they gotta go. So then they go down three waterfalls in a comedic scene. I, I guess like, three drops. And they're like, "What's that?" And they fall down a waterfall, and then he's like. Three drops means three waterfalls. We're gonna fucking die. <laughs> we are going to die. Frowny face. Frowny face. <laughs> Should just done that again. <laughs> Would have been a good reference to the worst movie in your uh, right, saga. So they, they, oh well. Actually, didn't want to mention it. Yeah. Nothing you want to talk they about. They do not one. talk about Temple of Doom in the other movies no. whatsoever. Like it never happened. I wonder why. <laughs> So, they end up crashing, and they're all okay somehow. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Protected by the mega guffin or something. Yeah, the crystal skull made it so that they didn't fucking die. I don't know, whatever. Whatever. Sure, fuck fuck off. And they get up out of the water, and they're like, and then the ox spits out another riddle, and they look behind him, and there's a big face on the mountain. Like we gotta go there. Like okay, and they go there. It's worth noting at this point that Indy's like, I know what to do. And none of you have to come with me. I'll do it alone. But then they just all come with him, and they don't really discuss this. There's no resistance from Indy or nothing. It just happens. They should have added, like, just a small, like, 30-second extra scene. Or just not include that line if you're going to just all go anyway. Right. Like, wait, wait, what? (laughs) What is this waste of a line? They go there. Russians are hot on their trail. 
Uh, we find the kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. Uh, this is where my comparisons to Uncharted 2 begin. Yes. Uh, the end of Uncharted 2, you obviously go to, uh, what was it, like El Dorado or something? Yeah, which is, ba- by the way, which is which basically is what this. this is. Yeah. Um, this City is El- of this Gold. Is, no, Kingdom of Crystal Skull is literally El Dorado. Yes. Um, so, at the end of that game, they introduce a new enemy type that starts attacking you, which is the natives of that kingdom. And they're really hard to kill. Uh, was a part that I was stuck on for a long time, actually, when they first attack you. Eventually figured it out. They seem, like, impossible to kill at first. It's it's a very good mechanic. I like yeah, that absolutely. mechanic a lot. But it's, it, the similarities are strange to me. Like, I know that, like, the legends are probably similar. They are. Like, it's so... It's the same legend. Just, so, yeah. Just spread out a different way. Uncharted took it to the direction where El Dorado is literally real. Yeah. And you're literally in a giant golden city. Yeah. Where in Crystal Skull, they were like, El Dorado's... The gold is the wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And then that's Crystal Skull bullshit. Right. Um, you know, hey... Different interpretations of a legend are cool. I think Uncharted did it better for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think that came out a year after this, which is strange. I wonder if people at the time were like, what is this Crystal Skull bullshit? (laughs) Probably nobody thought about it because everybody forgot about Crystal Skull by then. Oops. Uh, Pretty forgettable. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's just not good. Basically, yeah. Yeah. That's the long and the short of it. Yeah. So... We go to this, this spooky El Dorado with all the natives about to attack them. Uh, and all what? Guess what, guys? They get mega guffined out of it. They get mega guffined to not do anything Dude. by the crystal skull. Wow. And then they uh, plop a bunch of holes off a thing in sand and then they go into the thing. Imagine playing an adventure game. Yeah. Where. Every puzzle, you just pick the same item from your inventory. That's what this is. I wonder how to solve section. this crystal skull. I wonder how to solve this puzzle, crystal skull. How do I do it, crystal skull? Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. There isn't a whole lot of time for, like, Indy to show off his uh, wit yeah. in this movie and, like, his ability to solve puzzles and shit, like, which was one of my favorite aspects of Last Crusade. And that's just kind of like not in this movie because every time anything has to happen, it's just Crystal Skull to figure it out. Which, by the way, this is something that's really fun about Fate of Atlantis. And something I'm going to throw in here real quick. Because once again, Indy 4 in my mind. Fate yeah, sure. The real Indy 4. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three different paths you take in the game are labeled as might, mm. probably based on combat yeah. and strength, wit, which is based on puzzle solving, and teamwork, which is you and the girl doing stuff together and you operate both of them sure these are the three qualities that Indiana Jones uses to solve problems in the movies that makes sense it's pretty Derp. cool pretty cool be cool if that the, the Indiana Jones movie did that too well what yeah <laughs> I mean it did kind of in the first half yeah in okay scenes but then as soon as we get to Jungle Chase it's basically just like ah whatever let's just get through the Christmas like hell it goes downhill yeah, I, I think for sure. The, none of this stuff interested me whatsoever. It was just kind of like, eh, alright, there's going to be aliens, I guess. Yeah, here we go, alien time. That's exactly what it is. I should be more excited inside. about aliens, you know yeah. what I mean? But, like, I just I, I just didn't care at any point in this movie. They go inside, it. you get a cool little quick second gag where Shia LaBeouf does the hold this to a corpse to Indy. Mm-hmm. That's a good time. 
That's a good call. Yeah, that's okay. That was fun. Interrupts his mom and dad kissing to do it for mm-hmm. some reason. Uh, whatever. He was, uh, just, he was in the water. Yeah, I, I gotcha. So accident, they get to the room with the alien skeletons. This is this looks so fucking stupid. I can't. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous with yeah. these like crystal exoskeletons. Yeah, just fucking chilling out on chairs, and mm-hmm. there's just a bunch of them, and it's way too reflective. They're all sitting in this, like, big throne room. I think there is 13 of them. I, I quipped that it was Organization 13 when they walked in. Because it's set up like an evil lair. Yeah. But, like, gold and, like, sparkly. But uh, then, of course, the Russians show up. Mac reveals that he's not a double agent. He was just, you know... A prick. A prick. Uh, and lied to Indy just to get away with it. Uh, <laughs> the only thing he's been interested in this whole time is, like, treasure and money. And they figure out what to do, which is just put skull back on the thing that don't have a skull. And then it like, boop. And then uh, Kate Blanchett is all like, tell me everything. I want to know everything. And then Indy, because he's seen the other Indiana Jones movies. He's like, no, we're getting the fuck out of here. We're getting the fuck out of here before the Ark of the Covenant shit starts to happen. And, like, I've seen that shit. I don't want to be a part of that. People die at the end of these movies uh, that are the bad guys. (laughs) We're just going to get the fuck out of here. And they do. And then Kate Blanchett and the Russians and Mac all get sucked into the interdimensional void as the crystal skull aliens combine into one living alien being yes that seems to impart all human knowledge or just knowledge onto Kate Blanchett whose eyes explode in a beam of light and then she turns into nothing it literally uh, blew her mind dude yeah Dude. Jesus fucking Christ. She, it, it's basically like when you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, this happens to you. <laughs> you, ever, you ever do DMT? <laughs> Whoa, dude, what? Eyes explode. Go into the interdimensional void of space or whatever it is. Whatever. They're going to space. Who cares? They're going to another dimension. What the fuck's the difference, really? Yeah, there is. When no. it's just like, you're not going to go explore that. It was literally George Lucas putting a spin on it to try to make us feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah, they're interdimensional, George. Steve, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, one of one of his great ideas was his best idea since a, a monkey doing the Nazi salute. Uh, indeed, George Lucas, legend, a man of ideas. By legend, I mean a literal fucking hack. <laughs> hey, he made Star Wars. Great, good for him. He well, he sort of made Star Wars. Good for a lot him. of other people made Star Wars too. A lot of, a lot of other people mm-hmm. made the best Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. That's strange, ain't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. What an interesting curiosity mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. A lot of other people made the mm-hmm. Indiana Jones stuff. A lot of people helped. It wasn't just George. But thank God he was there to say that monkey should do a Hitler salute. <laughs> and thank God he thank was there God. to say it has to be called Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Fuck off, It has George. to be aliens, damn it. Fuck you, George. It has to be. Fuck mm. damn it. Anyway. The film ends with fucking everybody going to this giant void and all the rub- all this rubble getting kicked up and oh look flying saucer come out of course and then it flies away and then it all gets covered up by water and then they're like okay that's it a little quip from Indy about not going out to the jungle at night they sleep and then scene cuts him and Marion get married and then it, it just like a little little pokey poke jabby jab 
uh, Indy's hat blows over to Shia LaBeouf's legs at the end of the movie. And he goes to pick it up, and then Harris Ford walks by. Mm. Indy walks by, puts it on his head. And it's like foreshadowing the fact that uh, Shia LaBeouf would would uh, would not be asked to return for Indy Five. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sad. You know, I I don't think it was his fault, so I don't think they should have not included him for Indy Five. He doesn't have to be a major character; it could just be a reference. I'm fine with that. I would prefer that to like you know. I hope they at least acknowledge the existence of this movie. Because, like, it still happened. Yeah. Like, no one's going to forget that it happened. I kind of hate when, like, uh, I don't hate it. Like, sometimes it's necessary. Like, with, like, Halloween and I, I guess allegedly Terminator coming out soon. Like, ignoring previous sequels and things. But I kind of appreciate when they're just like, nah, they happened. They were bad? Sure. Okay. Who cares? We'll just make a good one now. Yeah. Bad one still happened. Because it did. Yeah, that's I appreciate it. that at All least. Right. So. Movie sucked. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it was better than Temple of Doom. Yep. So the official Indiana Jones ranking is pretty fucking straightforward and easy as far as I'm concerned. Raiders is the best one. Last Crusade is another, the second best one. And then there's no other best one. It's yeah, just it's, uh, the second worst one is Indiana Kingdom Jones of the Crystal the- Skull. And the worst worst one is Temple of Doom. Their best one is Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Divided completely in the middle between the films. Yep. Interesting. But thankfully out of it we watched two amazing movies. We did, and I don't regret watching Temple of Doom or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, really. In particular, Crystal Skull. Because it's been ten years since I've watched it. I like it more now. I think I like it more now. I mean, it's not good, but it's not, like super fucking offensively bad and i think it gets it gets a bad rap um it deserves criticism but it doesn't deserve like the south park episode where they say that like where they literally portray spielberg and lucas raping indiana jones i don't think it deserves all that you know what i mean that's kind of a step too far for me i think so because like you know at the end of the day Oh no, they made a bad Indiana Jones movie. Hey, they fucking did it before. Yep. And y'all thought it was good. I don't know why. Racist. <laughs> like, come on, man. This movie's way better than Temple of Doom. There, I think Temple of Doom might have better scenes. Execution. Like, minecart scene way better than the jungle chase. Kalima iconic. Kalima iconic. Uh, short round is my dude. <laughs> not really but I, I don't know it gets it gets this reputation like it's as bad as the Star Wars prequels it's not and I don't think it's even close to the any same of these movies tier are that bad like what would you give Crystal Skull out of 10 like a 7 yeah that's like fair like a 6 I'd say a 6 a 6 as, I'll give that a 6 and I give uh, what would Temple you give Doom, Tem- like a 5 Temple of Doom a, a 5 four. 5 or a 4. Yeah. I'd say 5 for Temple of Doom, 6 for Crystal Skull, and straight up, Last Crusade, Raiders, those are dead out of dens. Yep, absolutely. Those are dead out of dens, buddy. Watch those movies and pretend that there aren't any other Indiana Jones movies. They only mm. made one sequel. That's crazy. Whoa, they should make more, right? <laughs> they did make a second one. It's just a video game. Yeah, sure. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Nope. Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Nope. Indiana Jones on the Atari 2600. Nope. Lego Indiana Jones. No. I mean, that's a pretty good game, though. But, yeah, that's a fun but game. That's just, like, literally Indiana game. Jones. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, fun. It's not a new story. 
All right, Genhart. Oh, it's time. Oh, it's time to do something. Rattle me bones. Welcome aboard, mates. Rattle me bones. Rattle me bones. Take what he will, but don't rattle me bones. Spin the wheel for the treasure to take. Careful, my friend, or he'll rattle it. Shake it. Rattle me bones. Turn the lights low. There's a frightening blue, but don't rattle me bones. Rattle me, rattle me, rattle me bones. You can use your skill to take what you will. You can take your bill, but don't rattle me bones. Batteries. All right. So, so since we're we're we are on the cusp. We are on. We are riding the peen of Spooky Month. <laughs> That's a gross way to put it. That is a terrible way we to are, put it. We are getting on it. We're grinding on Spooky Month, <laughs> and we need to. We have decided that we are going to watch a new, new new spooky movie series. So we have reorganized the wheel for this special occasion. We'll go back to what it used to be with some modifications because there's some things that were on the wheel that are still on here. Right. But everything is a spooky franchise. Uh, Can you go ahead and name those for me, Justin? We've got Freddy, which is Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. We got Friday, which is uh, Friday starring Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Uh, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah. Yeah, classic. No, it's Friday the 13th, yes, of course. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, God. We have Scream, Big Scram. Mm-hmm. We have the George A. Romero zombie movies. The Living Dead series. Yes, the um, Romero's Living Dead series. Yeah. Which is six movies. I forgot it was six movies. Yeah, it's weird that it's six. I, I, whenever I think of it, I think of three. <laughs> yeah. I watch those other three, which are horrible. Well, we'll do I, it. I've seen Diary of the Dead in, in like the last four years. I, I've uh, seen I've seen four. I've seen Land. Yeah. Land is bad. <laughs> Diary's horrible. Uh, we have, but good shit. We got Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Let me tell you something. Which I... Uh, That's my shit. I have a couple blind spots in that one, so I'm I have curious a, to see it. I have a particular love for practical uh, special effects, and uh, oh, the thing for that, sure, dude. The thing that made me fall in love with it was Evil Dead. I have a, I have a big attachment to the first movie. So, in Army of Darkness, yeah, dude, this is actually the first one I watched out of the. We've franchise. talked about it before, and I'm really excited to land on that, mm-hmm. but we won't. The next we got Psycho. I, I would be cool with landing on that too. Psycho is great. What we're gonna do is yeah, we, there are shorter ones on here. We're gonna mash them together. We get one of the shorter ones. Yeah, well, we'll do something. We'll see what we land on first, and then we'll determine. Then we got Child's Play, which those will be uh, Chucky. Uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it anyway. It needs to be entertaining. Uh, speaking yeah. of things that aren't entertaining and uh, featuring my resignation, uh, Resident yeah. Evil. Oh, my God. It'd be so funny, though. It'd be so funny if we landed on that. And, and what's this one? What did I write? Frankie? Oh, that's Frankenstein. Oh, that's yeah. a weird that's one. Universal Frankenstein. Universal Frankenstein. Nineteen thirties Frankenstein. So that'll be a weird one if we land on it. But those movies are fun. I'd be okay with it. I think I spun it last time. Getting hurt. So you want me to spin it? Give it a big spin. Well, seal my fate. If if if, if Resident Evil happens, I'm walking out. So. Well, we're still doing it next week. But you, you can walk you out do, now you if you want. You're doing it by yourself next week, but that's gonna be fun. Can't wait. No, Jusby, hold me back now. You <laughs> spin, go ahead. Oh, I'm fucking frightened. Uh, I'm frightened to spin this spooky wheel. I'm gonna die. Boom! Here we go. And the wheel broke. <laughs> Give me the. You got, did you catch the thing? Let me fix it. Technical difficulties, yeah, guys. Yeah, it landed. The the little uh, the little tab that hits the. Uh... Don't spin it somewhere next time. Try again. That's fair. 
it, it landed in my hand. That was uh, spooky. You caught it. That was, it was that spooky, spooky, if you will. All right. Attempt number two. Perfect. We're on Texas Chainsaw. We were Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. This is perfect. It'll lead us right into November, which uh, also fits because it's about getting together with your family and eating. <laughs> yeah. Which fits Texas Chainsaw perfect. Yeah, sure. This is a franchise that I have seen two movies in, and that's it. Uh, what What are the movies that are in this franchise? Just to just to get it out there. Uh, I will look it up. I know there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. I only know about the first two. 74 hit. That is my favorite horror movie. I'm really looking forward to watching that next week. I love I've that movie. I've seen it in a long time, actually, but I love it. Um, it's my favorite just because, like, if you're talking horror, there's two kinds of horror that I like. Actually succeeds at being horrifying, or it's so fucking cheesy that it's stupid and fun and playful horror. You know, you're kind of like reanimators, yeah. stuff like that. But Texas Chainsaw is is so in the first category for sure. It succeeds on all fronts at being fucking creepy as shit. I love it, and still to this day, I think it's like holds up pretty the well. best yeah. at, at that kind of thing. Absolutely does. So uh, this is about the film franchise. So the second one is different. <laughs> <laughs> the second one kind of goes in that latter category. They completely did a 180. But it's uh, still really entertaining. It's really entertaining, but it's really fucking terrible. Um, but I think that'll be the majority of the rest going forward. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Then there's Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. They did like a Rambo. Get it? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, then they have Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. That'll be interesting. That has Matthew McConaughey in it. And I think Renee Zellweger. Yes. Uh, weird. Then there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's the remake from 2003. There is sort of a prequel to that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. Then there's something that I think is its own thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. It's just called Texas Chainsaw 3D. I don't know anything about this one. And then there is Leatherface. Which I don't know. I don't know anything about the last, like, four or five there. We'll read about them when we get to them. We will enjoy it? At first. Question mark? As, as typical with this fucking shitty program. <laughs> <laughs> we'll enjoy the first couple, and then it's just going to go to shit. And then after that, we'll go back to Standard Wheel, uh, which some of these I'll put on there anyway. Some of them Texas, were on there. Texas Chainsaw was on there, wasn't Texas it? Texas Chainsaw was, so we'll replace it with something else. Uh, I have the original wheel saved on my phone, so we'll... Uh, We'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. And Resident Evil will still be on there, so there's still a chance that you can abandon the show. Yeah. Well, speaking of abandoning the show, we've been recording this one for two hours, so I'm jumping ship. Bye. It's a big episode, man. We had to talk about Kingdom of the Dan Aykroyd's Vodka. Kingdom of the Mega Guffin. Yeah. Bye. Get out of here. Get out of my home.